right. Why don't you turn around and go to seven people and give them a high five and say, this is the beginning. This is the first fruit. This is the start. I just want to say to the SRC member, the CSO officer, uh, Nontobego, you, we want you to know how thankful we are that you all sat down and approved our application. We, we thank you for that. Uh, as was said earlier, feel um, that our journey started way back in 2015, and only now in 2017, in May, are we able to launch. Thank you for looking favorably at us. You are the first institution that has showed us that we are loved. And, and uh, <laughs> may, may that love spread to other institutions. If they, if they doubt us, I will give them your numbers and talk to her. As well, we are very grateful as we welcome all of you here and welcome uh, Upasta uh, Kiluba, Ebenezer Kiluba, and welcome all of you here, people in the overflow, all leaders from everywhere, Abaruti, and all of you. Whether you are a member of Grace Bible Church, this society, as has been well explained, goes beyond members of Grace Bible Church. We're only here today to launch it. But you'll be, singing, you'll be seeing younger faces from now henceforth. Today is only that, as the visionary, I'll always do the launch. And of course, we will come whenever. However, a society is a youth-led uh, kind of program. And it's critical that we let the youth lead. Many of us who are in leadership in our church started when we were very young as leaders. I became a pastor at the age of 22. And that's why I was getting goosebumps when I was listening to Rifile Lekwanele speaking over here. You can see that our young people carry something. And I believe time for them to do what is necessary has come. Yeah, give the Lord a big hand. You see, the overflow people are better than you. I wish I, wish I, can, I wish I can come to all of you in there and preach to you. These people are cold. I think it's a naked more now and then. <laughs> but you know, young people carry a lot. In spite of the difficult world that we they are living in right now and the pain that we are inflicting particularly on our girls and our young ladies. However, there's just something about young people that is unbelievable and amazing because they have this thing called resilience. So as I launch this society today, later on I will be introducing to you the people that we have uh, who will be leading this society, as has been mentioned. But I want to dedicate this sermon to all of you young people. If you're 30 years old and below, this is for you. That's one of our pastors, Muruti Karab. If you are 31 years and, and over, it's still for you. <laughs> Yay! The title of my message is Resilience. I'm going to read a long scripture in two translations, and I won't read them at the same time. And as I said, the format of the service today might be slightly different. There'll be more engagement with time, but I'll launch it today. And I'm reading 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to clearly say I'm reading the New American Standard Bible. It might read different to your version, but it means the same thing. My goodness, my heart is pounding. I see so many young people. Hey. Hey, you see, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. I, I, I think I must come that side. This is the second time I'm coming here. I think I must come there. I wish that anointing can come through here and walk in here, you know. Oh. <laughs> so we have young people in there, but here we have a mixture. So the older people are dousing out the strength of the young people. Forgive. Amen. You found 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We were giving you time and chance to find. From verse 6, the New American Standard Bible. It reads, For God who said light shall shine out of darkness 
is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have this treasure from God. But we are like clay jars that hold the treasure. This shows that the great power is from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. This is the reality of our lives. We go through problems, challenges. We get buffeted, persecuted, challenged. Things don't work out. We get discouraged. Sometimes situations try to crush us out. But there's just something about us that no matter what you do, no matter what you do to a human being, they rise again. You know, one of the things that amazes me as we go around the world is just to see how human beings will rise over whatever you throw at them. Regardless of their background, their color of skin, regardless of whether they're male or female, there's something about you and I that God has deposited in us the seed of resilience. That's who you are. Yes, there are times when we give up. There are times when we want to throw in the towel and at times people want to end their lives. But at the very core, people rise again. Somehow at the very core, people want to rise again. That's why you and I, we don't like failure. And, and, and in fact, when we fail, we get inspired to try again. That's why you and I, we will try something and try something and try something. Because there's just something about you that says you're not going to die. You will rise again. Tell your neighbor you will rise again. Tell your neighbor you'll rise again. See, life requires a resilient spirit. Life requires a determined spirit. So in order to move forward in life, life will demand out of you a strong attitude, a resilient attitude, and a determined attitude. If you don't have this attitude, you will not move forward in life. A lot of things that we've ever attempted to do have taken longer than what we thought. And you know, I remember when I was in Bible school, you know, and when I was listening to our lecturers telling us about ministry, they made it look so easy. You know, 10 steps to church growth. And you know, I listened to the 10 steps and I thought, yeah, one step per month. Just give me 10 months and you will see how far I will be. I never knew. It's going to take much longer than what I thought. And that the goal was reached, it's not because I did anything different. It's because I did the same thing that I did last year and year before last, but I just kept at it. I just kept at it. I see you keeping at it. And never giving up. No matter how long it takes you to get your degree. No matter how long it takes you to finish. Kondalela. Have resilience. Because life demands a strong attitude, a resilient attitude, a determined attitude. Let's define attitude now that we are at a university campus. <laughs> Webster's dictionary defined resilience as follows. He says, it's the ability to become strong, healthy, or successful again after something bad happens. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. <laughs> the ability to become strong, healthy, or successful again after something bad happens. See, 
Bad things happen to good people. Evil things come to righteous people. Things don't come your way simply because you've done anything wrong to God. It just comes because it's life. It's normal. It's usual. But when you have resilience, even after the bed, even, uh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Or else I'm going to go to the other room. I said, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Even after it has happened, you will rise again. Tell your neighbor you will rise again. Tell your other neighbor, I see you rising again. Tell your other neighbor, I will rise again. Resilience, second definition, is the ability of something to return to its original shape. After it has been pulled, stretched, pressed, or bent, you return to your original shape. You know, the devil doesn't know what to do with you. If I was shy, I would after and come back to your original shape. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes all you need in life is just to have resilience. You don't have to know more scripture. You don't need more anointing. You don't need more anything. All you need to do is to do the same thing that you did yesterday. And if you keep on doing the same thing you did yesterday, you're going to come on on the other side as a winner. Can I hear an amen? And that's, yeah. that's what resilience is about. Dictionary.com. <laughs> defines resilience as follows. Number one, the ability or the power to return to the original form or position. It means elasticity. All the time. <laughs> But you still go back to the original condition. For a while, you are paisa. For a while, you are misplaced. For a while, you don't know. Marok salayo uzotolatila one day. Can I hear it, amen? You see, there's something about you that God has put an internal mechanism that navigates your life to success. That when you get lost, something kicks in and says, recalculating. Oh my goodness. And so you turn back and say, I took the wrong turn, but I am going back to who I used to be. I see you going back to where God has placed you. You are resilient. Number two, dictionary.com, I'm still quoting. The ability to recover readily from illness. You know, Salana, I got very sick two years, three years ago, and I lost a lot of weight. Lots of weight. Actually, when I, it was three, four years when I got dedicated as, consecrated as bishop. Some of you don't know, I had, I had been, it was my first time to really get out of bed. And, uh, oh, I felt so weak. Eesh. Eesh. You know, sometimes I'll quote that verse. I felt so weak. But, you know, I, I said to myself, no way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie down and play dead. Yeah. I would preach at the church and feel dizzy. I said, see, oh, no, see, the anointing will come upon me. Yeah. After illness, you recover. The ability to recover readily from illness, depression, adversity, or the like. As they say, buoyancy. You are buoyant. You know, there's just something about you that cannot keep you down. So if you take a, a balloon and inflate it and fill it with air, I don't know if you all know the story. You know, it will rise. How do if you fill it with, is it nitrogen? That makes it rise even higher. Helium, rather. Yeah. You, you know the story about the guy who uh, had two balloons and, and 
released these balloons and the white balloon rose very high. And the, the other balloon was black and didn't rise so high. And, and the young man asked, but these balloons, are they made out of different material? He said, no. He said, but if they're made out of the different material, the one's rising, the one's not rising. What's the story? And the old man said, you know what, young man? It's not about what it's made out of. It's what's on the inside of it. The one we pumped normal air in it, the other one we put helium in it. And the one that has helium in it rose higher and higher. It's not about the outside. It's what you have on the inside. That's why this verse says we have this treasure. It's what we have on the inside. It's the treasure of the glory of God. It's the treasure of the word of God. It's the treasure of faith. It, that's what makes us rise higher and higher. Yes, I may come from a difficult background, but just give me enough time. I'm going to rise again. Yeah, I may not have money. I may not even know. I may not even have money for registration. But just give me time. I'm going to rise again. Because there's something on the inside of me. Somebody say, I'm going to rise again. So to be resilient means that you are a person with the ability to bounce back from defeat. Discouragements and hardships. I have a Now that Silane vets, we must congratulate the clever boys. It's been many years, but I totally cup. Maybe it's because we were coming here. What do you say? Maybe it's because you approved our application. That's why the clever boys are winning. Hey! When you finally approve the clever boys, got the league. And that's what the story of life is about. If you continue pursuing your destiny and your goal. No matter how many times you fall. Let me read you that scripture again that we read, our main verse. But I want to read it in the Message Bible. <laughs> if you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in unadorned clay parts of our ordinary lives. Paul says, when you look at us, how ordinary we are, you might be tempted to not realize how supernatural we are. If you look at the fact that I was born and I was raised in a home where I didn't have a father, you may miss the point about where you think my life is going to end up because it's not about the container, it's about the glory that I carry. Jesus. He says we carry this precious message around in unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. So I don't understand. You cannot understand because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Because of what it puts inside of you. This treasure in earthen vessels. I'm still reading. He says, as it is, there's not much of a chance for that. You know for yourselves that we are not much to look at. Look at your neighbor. It doesn't matter how they look. Say, you're not much to look at. <laughs> Those of you who are newly married, that is not good advice for you, eh? Don't go home to your wife and say, you are not much to look at you. <laughs> that may be the last time. Anyhow, <laughs> Then he says, we've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we are not demoralized. 
We are not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. I'm still reading. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives and so we live. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we are going through the worst, you are getting in on the best. (laughs) You know what I've really found out in life is when things are bad, that you progress even more. That's the oxymoron of life. That's the contradiction of life. When they persecute you more, that's when you love Jesus more. When they take away from you, that's when God gives you more. Oh, come on, somebody shout to the Lord today. Oh, yeah. I found out my life has moved more forward when I was in trouble. When I was in trouble, I prayed more. When I was in trouble, I trusted God more. When I was in trouble, I went to church more. So bring it on. I'm going to rise again. And you will rise again. Let's talk about resilience. Number one, resilience relates to the future. A resilient person understands my troubles don't spell the end of my journey. That's a resilient person. A resilient person says, don't judge me now. Don't put a full stop yet. Don't write an article yet. Don't run to report me yet. God is not through with me yet. And Elena, I am not through yet. I'm just limping. I've been struck down, but I'm not out. The match is still on. Game on. How somebody say game on? Some of you, it's game on in your life. You may be struck down right now. You may be going through something right now. But I'm here to tell you the game is on because you are not out yet. You are not out yet. See, you and I, we live our lives between the fulfilled and the unfulfilled. It's a journey. So resilience gives us the ability to move from the unfulfilled, the unrealized, and stretch forth to take hold of what belongs to us. Paul says, I am reaching forth for what is ahead, what's before me. He says, I am straining. One person says, I'm straining. I want to reach for the mark. I'm, I'm, I'm moving. Mara, mara. What makes me move is, is resilience because I know between me and where I'm getting, there are many problems. But they're not going to stop me. So resilience is simply, here's a formula like I bought. New development plus persistence equals resilience. You can quote me in your exams. New development plus persistence equals resilience. It's resilience that helps us move into new things. Number two, resilience is getting up and going on to another step after you have fallen. You know, it's easy To go on when no tragedy happens and when you don't fail. It's another thing to fail and start again. Recalculating. You've heard me say it again. And When our firstborn son learned how to walk, this guy surprised me. I learned something. You know how children learn to walk. He stumbles around and and he was there saying, hey, hey, you know, we called him by his name. And so he tries to come, so he falls down. And then he, from the floor, he raises his head and looks at me and starts smiling. Yeah. Ah, you're not hearing my sermon. Marawasmaila. And then he looks up, and then he stands again, and I'm encouraging him, and he starts walking, and he falls again, and he raises, and he smiles. 
Because the guy has figured it out. The only way to learn to walk is to walk. And before I learn to walk, I'm going to fall. So let me fall. The more I fall, the more I learn. Are you not understanding what I'm saying? Some of you, you are crucifying yourself over mistakes you made a long time ago. You are allowing Satan to bring it to your thought life when you pray. You are allowing your friends to remind you. Your extended relatives. You failed once at a mission. Now you want to try it again because God has inspired you again. And how do I tell someone that, hey, remember the last time? I don't care. I'm going to put a smile on my face. (laughs) I don't care about failed projects. Because remember, when you've accomplished something, nobody asks how many times you failed. You see these lights, Masalana, these lights. Can I who's this guy who made the lights? Who discovered Thomas Edison, Thomas E. Edison. I don't know how many of you know, he tried to make a light bulb. 999 times. Was it 99 times? 99 times, actually. He experimented 99 times and he failed 99 times. That's what we think. But I am putting it to you. That he didn't fail 99 times. He learned what not to do 99 times. Because on the hundredth time, he avoided everything that didn't work and he got it right. So the more he failed is the more he moved forward. We don't look at failure like that, do we? So the more he felt is the more he went through an exclusion process. Or, okay, this I won't do. If gets a saw, it lights a saw. If gets a saw, it lights a saw. It lights a saw. It lights a saw. Until he excluded 99 potential potholes. And got it right on the 100th time. Imagine if he had given up. Who wouldn't be having the blessing? Today we celebrate him. We only refer to the 99 times as a story. But we celebrate more the achievement. I see us celebrating you. Doesn't matter how many times you've had to repeat. Doesn't matter how many times you had to recalculate and start again. This is why God gives us this thing called repentance. See, repentance is not just about confessing sin. No, the word repent means to make an about face. God gives you the ability and the chance to say, recalculating. I was going this way. I realized it's not the right way. I am changing direction. I see you changing direction in the name of Jesus. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man falls seven times. But then it says, And rises again. This is not an evil person. He's a righteous man. Oh, you didn't get it. Eh? You only realize now. Nah. He didn't say an evil person. He says, this, this, this is a righteous man. And how are you on? Seven times. But he rises again. Some of you, you've tried to do right things and you fell flat on your face. You made a decision to live in a certain way. You brought certain disciplines. You wrote your New Year resolutions and you fell flat on your face. May I prophesy? Will you rise again? Yeah. That's how I've led all these years. There are certain things I didn't have the follow through I should have had. Failed projects. Those who don't understand, that's what they will call them. No, I call them projects with an opportunity to learn. Because even going through the process of application here, we learn so much about what we need to do, how we need to do it. Next time when we go to a second project, we will be wiser. So if you are afraid to fail, you're going to not want to start anything. You will not want to venture. 
Some of you are sitting in the comfort of not failing, but you are not moving anywhere. You don't want to look stupid. You don't want to have people say you didn't work. So you are happy to be right in what you are familiar with. You have retreated into familiarity. God has given you a chance to move into the adventure of starting new things. God is calling you. God says, behold, I will do a new thing. Not even Bambelela. God's trying to move you to something. Mario and I are still holding to the old stuff. You don't want to move because you don't want to make mistakes. You know what I've learned? Mistakes are part and parcel of my journey. Someone, come on, man. It's all right. It's all right. Can I hear an amen? That verse that we read in the Amplified, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 9 says, We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out or destroyed. God wants you to be resilient and persistent because God is more concerned about your finish than your start. See, if you give up on the way, ukase faith. And there's too many people with half-finished programs. You, you are a starter. You have so many foundations. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, why would you do so? <laughs> I mean, after I cast the vision of a thousand churches, then I started calculating how many churches we'll have to plant per week. I almost came and said, I was going to be Because when I calculate, by the time I get to a certain age, we must have a thousand churches. And you know what that means? Yeah, it's going to work, Skawar. It's going to work. It's going to work. Set the bar so high, I'm that you have to have God's help to reach the goal. Don't set it so low that even if God doesn't intervene, it will still be done. Set it so high that if God doesn't intervene, it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. God is more concerned about your finishing in Job 8 7. I read the New American Standard Bible, Job chapter 8, verse 7. He says, though thy beginning was small. Oh, <laughs> but that's my verse today. Hey, though your beginning was in a classroom. Mm, with 35 people. Though the first offering was a thousand rands in September of 1993. Yet, your latter end shall greatly increase. I see you increasing greatly and greatly and greatly. Mara, you have to begin. If you sit down and you don't begin, it's not going to work. You're not going to go anywhere. Even if it's small, it's okay. Galaga's puzzle shop, it's fine. One day you'll have chain stores. Beginning was small. I see you moving to higher heights. Even if our beginning may be chaotic, God comes to chaos and doesn't run from Tovabo. When God comes into confusion, he doesn't see confusion, he sees the finished product. <laughs> and that's why when he sees Tovabo, he talks to it, let there be. Ah. And I see God speaking a new day in your life. I said, I see God speaking a new day. I see God speaking a new day. I see God speaking a new day in your life. Yeah. That's the kind of God he is. Breathe his new life. 
Number three, resilience embodies courage, stability, and determination. See, if you look at things that make life work or where strength is seen or things that have to do with great security like when you go to the army because they know the role of the army, they build into you courage, stability, strength. If you go to the army and you don't have those things, then in fact, before they graft you in, they take you through some preliminary checks. And if you don't meet the criteria, because there are certain ingredients that are non-negotiable. So in all major disciplines in life and all major activities in life, resilience is a non-negotiable product. Like I told you, I said this morning in the morning service, we were in a B&B place where we slept, my wife and I. And this B&B, this house was built in 1568. Yeah. Solid, solid. You know, I went around and looked at this thing. And I thought about, when you see the rocks, and think about what the people had. Remember, they didn't have power tools. They didn't have dynamite. They had to hew out the stone physically. Yeah. How hard they worked. How long it took. How the weight they had to carry. What they had to do. And I don't know how long it took for them to even finish that house. But 400 years later, it's as a corner. They needed... Courage, determination, strength. When you build a building, look how solid this building is. I don't know how many years it took to build this. This is concrete, pal. But you see, to have this kind of concrete, they'll tell you you have to mix certain ingredients. And don't even cheat. It's non-negotiable. Don't be for sale, Katon. Do it the long and the hard way. Because the long and the hard way is the sure and the permanent way. It may take you a long time. But once it's built, it will stand forever. The shortcut will have to build every year. I was just sharing with people at the church, some people I was with after church, I said, you know, I'm so glad we bought, by God's grace, bought three churches these last few months. We've been negotiating for another and another. And every time, I got cash. But you see, Bazalan, what we did was, no, no, ho, ho, ho. How? 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 But you know, I know when we started in the ministry, I decided... What are the things that I can teach in our church that will take a long time for people to build that discipline? But once that discipline becomes the culture and the DNA of the church, it will be self-sustaining and self-propagating. When other people were looking for other means to get people to give money, I taught the principles of giving. And people didn't understand. They said things. They were not giving. And I knew I could manipulate it if I wanted. If I manipulate I want, I must manipulate them twice and thrice and twice and six times and eight and night and ten and whatever. I will run out of creativity to come up with a new way of manipulating. So Ngamane, once we build a discipline. So now, five minutes, we get what we need. And we've, I've never had to stand and say we're raising this for this. Not once. Mara, we keep on buying cash. Why? Mama, whoa, whoa. 
was easier. And I'm not saying you mustn't raise money. So you should do that. that. That's all in order. I'm talking about when you manipulate people. When you manipulate people. It's the easier. The manipulation is easier. It's quicker. But the problem is, it's not sustainable, comrades. It's not sustainable. And some of you, that's a challenge in your lives. You are looking for a quicker, faster route. You are looking for a microwave approach. You may get what you want, Mara, you haven't built in the discipline. There are certain ingredients, Barcelona. There must be non-negotiable. Resilience is one of them. It's needed in the army. It's needed in building. It's needed in sports. And if you don't have resilience in this area, you'll never, even if you are, you see, it's not just about being talented. No. There's a lot of talented people who never rise to their potential. It's not about smarts and intelligence. There's a lot of intelligent people who don't go far in life. They are led by people who are not as intelligent as them. Because these non-intelligent ones, you have to work hard. Peter so many times that there was from cover to cover and because it's the only thing I would say you don't even want to try others it's about but you learn resilience you learn how to stick to something number four and I'm closing fulfillment is the purpose of resilience in other words, resilience is what makes things reach their full purpose. Because resilience teaches you that however tough it is, you must remain focused. This is what it was about with Jesus when it came to the purpose of his life. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. When Jesus was going to the cross, there were many obstacles. Gethsemane was one of them. Betrayed by Judas was one of them. His disciples running away was one of them. Being betrayed by Peter and denied by Peter was one of them. And in spite of all those things, Jesus focused on the cross. He was determined to go through with the cross. Why? He didn't look at the cross. He looked through the cross. He realized, if I get to that, these are the results that are behind all my suffering. This is the reward that is behind all my suffering. If you don't have resilience, you only look at what's before you. You don't look at as a result of what's going to happen when you become resilient. Bible says for this purpose, the son of man was manifested that he must destroy the works of the devil. Jesus moved towards the best, though challenged. Because you see, resilience breaks the monotony of a non-achieving mediocre life. And resilience maximizes your time on earth. You make a mark on this earth because you had resilience. You leave a dent on this earth because you had resilience. That's why Jesus preached about resilience in Luke 18 when he talked about the woman who came to the unjust judge. The unjust judge says, even if I don't care about men, I don't fear God. Huh? But this woman, this resilience, what she wants, otherwise she's going to wear me out. Jesus talked about resilience in Matthew 5 when he says, Knock and it shall be open. Seek, you shall find. The King James doesn't tell us. The Greek says, Knock and keep on knocking. That's resilience. Seek and keep on seeking. James says, When you ask, ask in faith, nothing doubting. In other words, don't be double minded. In conclusion, this is my second conclusion. Eh? <laughs> In 
conclusion as I continue to conclude. Resilience helps us to access the anointing. I'm going to teach this in July. You know, in July we have a mini conference. I'm going to teach this. Elisha is approached by Elijah. And when, 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 when Elijah finds Elisha, he finds Elisha plowing. He's not thinking about ministry. He's not thinking about the church. He's only doing his regular job. He's not even thinking about the kingdom of God. But Elijah comes and, 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 and he takes off his mantle, which was a sign. And he takes his mantle and, 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 and then he, he throws it on him. without a word spoken he gets the message Elisha without any exposition without any explanation he gets it he realizes my time is about to change my life is about to change I am called to a higher heights I am called to another level he runs to the prophet he says prophet let me go and beat my mother and father farewell and Elijah says if you want to waste your time stay at home and if you want this anointing you better follow and Elijah gets up and he begins to follow Elijah wherever he goes and Elijah goes to Gilgal and Elijah is following and he looks at Elijah he says why are you following he says I'm coming he says no don't come with me he says I'm going to come with you He says, don't follow me. Elisha says, I am following you. I was reading this and I realized the tone of Elijah. He wasn't nice. He wasn't very comforting. He was very rough. He was very offensive. Mara Elisha says, anointing. Even if you say it in a way I don't like, I am going to have resilience. I see you having resilience. And finally, Elijah looks at this guy who will not stop following. See, some of you, you, you stop following before your season comes. You stop following because before the anointing comes. You disconnect too early before God can anoint you. And Elijah says, all right, now that you won't stop following, you are so resilient, what do you want? you know what I want you know why I'm following even if you offend me even if don't get offended I am offense free I see people who are offense free he says I want something that you got man of God I see you are carrying something that I desire and I don't just want one portion I want a double portion of them and Elijah looks at him and says young man you have asked a hard thing and I can almost see Elijah saying hard or no hard I am following and he says listen if you see me get taken up you will get it So many people fall short of what God has in store for them. Why? Because they're not resilient. They will not pursue. They will not push. They will not move forward. They will not stay with it. Small offense, but look at You know, one of the things that hurts me, I see people, you know, some people was on. When I look at them, I realize, you know, so-and-so could have been one of our main leaders in the church. Some people that in my heart of hearts, I knew in my heart, uh, we were going to bring them in to serve at a certain level. But one small and nothing happened. They got offended. And here they are, several years, in, several years later, in mediocrity. 
when they could have been some of the greatest leaders ever because of no resilience. I've learned if I want something from God and I know where the source is, offense or no offense, I'm going to offense proof my life because I want what God has for me. And I see God giving you what you want in your life. Only if you have resilience. Can I have my mental back, please? <laughs> Skawara, there's some of it that has remained on you now, brother. And I believe through this society, we're going to see young women and young men of great resilience. We're going to watch with our own eyes God anoint young people. Raise them. But I ask you young people, stay with it. Stay with it. I can identify with that. Some of us were very young when God, I was 18 years old when God called me to the ministry. 18 years old. I went to Bible school when I was 19 years old. I became a pastor when I was 22 years old. I've stayed with it. Yeah. And the thing about God's kingdom is the more you stay with it is the more anointing and it regal. Because the, 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 the path of the righteous, it, it shines brighter and brighter. If you stay faithful, if you stay loyal, if you stay committed, if you don't defile yourself, if you live holy, if you do what God's called you, I tell you, it just keeps bet getting better and better. And the glory of God and the anointing of God keeps getting more. And the assignment of God keeps getting bigger. And your latter end is greater than your start. But resilience is what brings the chemistry. If you bomb out in the middle of your journey, you're not going to see what God has to offer. And so as I close, it